welcome to today's episode of the Champs Uncovered podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Barboza, and if you have not yet done so, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you never miss a thing. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to the UK rising star, Joe Craven. Joe fights out of the world-famous bag company, Jimmy Leeds, alongside some of the best fighters the UK has ever produced, such as Liam Harrison and Jordan Watson. In this episode, we touched on some of his career highlights and some of the names he's took on so far, such as Yusef Bouganem, Brad Stanton, and Ricky Sewell. Don't forget as well, if you have been enjoying these podcasts each week, please do leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. That really does help us grow and get this podcast shown to as many people as possible. And lastly, before we get into it, if you want to follow us on our social media, it's at Muay Thai Magic, or my personal Instagram is at Ellis Barboza. Right, let's get this started. Yes, mate, what are you saying? Yes, mate, I'm good. How's things? Yeah, man, all good. All good, yeah? What have you been up yeah. to today? Not a lot, just been teaching PTs. Gym's back open out there. Oh, yeah, first day back today as well for myself. Yeah, man, so I can technically do it without being told off. <laughs> I've just yeah. outside. Yeah, you've been doing them anyway, you're in the lockdown. Yeah, I've been doing bits and bobs, but obviously we've just got to be careful. So I just haven't been doing sparring and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a bit of a shitter, isn't it? How about your own training? How has that been getting on? Yeah, it's been all right. To be fair, we started training absolutely. God, ages ago, me and Liam were just whacking pads together, and then obviously it got lifted anyway for elite athletes. So we we were just carrying on doing what we were doing. Yeah, that's quality. Lucky me. Yeah, I ain't really been doing much. Right then, um, we'll jump straight in. We've got quite a lot of viewers already. Yeah, mum. So, um, how did your journey start then moving the sport of Muay Thai? It's a funny one, you know. Um, I won't actually be able to tell you how I fully got into it. So basically, when I was like four-year-old, my mum and dad's best mates, their son, he yeah. did like kickboxing, Thai boxing sort of stuff. So I think it was just a case of sending him off with them. And then like, you know what I mean, like they get they get a bit more free time with, it, uh, with the mates. Yeah. So anyway, I, I went down with them and then just kind of, kind of like stuck to it. I was always one of them kids who were like doing all sports, you know what I mean? So I was doing that, football, rugby, cricket, all sorts. And then it got to the stage where I just wanted to carry on doing Thai boxing. Like my mum and dad's mate, Sunday, he ended up quitting when we were like seven. But I just wanted to carry on doing it. And then started fighting properly about eight-year-old. Funnily enough, like my first proper like show fight, we're on a bad coach show against the bad company fighter. Yeah. And it absolutely knacked me. So Bailey <laughs> Roberts, if you're watching this, mate, you're a twat. <laughs> so is that so that was the very start in, in realistically in a kickboxing gym? Uh no, so it was a tie boxing gym, it was called Cold the Tie. Okay. Uh with Ricky Richardson. So I was with him from four year old right up until fifteen. I had my first fight in York out at fifteen. Okay. And then, after that, that's when I ended up moving off to Bad Company. Oh, really? I thought you was at Bad Company for a lot younger than that. No, nah, no. Nah. So, I'm from Halifax originally. Obviously, Bad Closing Leeds. So, it's only about 40 minutes to an hour. But when I was at 15, it was just that I needed that extra bit of a step. So, my mum used to drive me over and that. I used to get training and that as well for the mornings. Yeah. I was still at school and that as well. And then... Ended up moving there full time, and then at eighteen, ended up moving to Leeds. 
Okay, yeah. Hey everybody, real quick, don't forget to visit MuayThaiMagic.com for the best training tips and fight gear on the market. We have the best prices, ship worldwide, and with the code FIRST10, you can get 10% off your first order on anything of your choice. Right, let's get you back to the podcast. So yeah, man. That really. So we'll, we'll touch on Bagco a little bit in a bit. Um, let's start with your, your first pro fight then on Yokao. So obviously Yokao's... Um, one of the biggest promotions in the world for Thai boxing, probably the biggest show in the UK. Yeah, How definitely. was it having a profile on such a big show, one of their first shows as well, at such a young age? You know, it was sick, man, because obviously that was their first show. It was Yokao 8, I think it was. Yeah. Liam Fort, the newer. Quality um, show. It was one of them, I was a bit of a fanboy, like Liam and stuff, especially when I was younger. Yeah. And obviously they had all Yokao shorts and stuff like that. So like to fight on it and then obviously you get given all shots and stuff like that. I end up fighting a kid called Jordan Williams. Oh yeah, no. Runs, you know, Twins Academy. Yeah. Back got his own gym, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, but when I was nice and light, 62 kilo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I ended up fighting Jordan. And to be fair, it was a good fight. It was the second time I fought Jordan. I fought him for my last fight before that. Uh, I got a draw with him on his own show. Up in Newcastle, and then I fought him again on Yokao, but that was with chimpad, uh, without chimpads or like that. Yeah. Um. So I ended up fighting him on that. And to be honest, I thought I got robbed a bit on the decision, but like it was one of them. It was just a learning fight. He was probably a neater fighter. I was one of them. We just like to have a bit more of a scrap. Yeah. I'd push it to him a little bit more, but like I say, we're a good one. Yeah. So I wanted to. That's one of the things I noticed with, with your fighting style. You you like to have a fight. You like to have a war. And yeah, sometimes 100%. you might choose to war over over scoring a point. So what would you say has influenced that fighting style? You know what? Weird, really. I don't see. I'm not the most technical. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I am mean, quite adaptable. Yeah. But I wouldn't say I'm the most technical. It's always same as like a youngster. Uh, I used to train with a guy called Master A as well. And he always used to like, he always said that to me, he said, you weren't the most technical. Um, my sister used to do it as well. And naturally, she'd piss all over me. My yeah. sister was ten times better than me in Thai boxing. <laughs> yeah. um, but he used to like, really push, like just that hard work sort of thing. And like, just having a scrap, if in doubt, just have a scrap. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm just, like, I can't, I, if, I, if I need to be, I'll be technical. And I can still do a lot of technical moves. But... I've always got that in my locker that if I need to, I can grip down and just have a fight. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a positive for when I'm fighting because, like, obviously, it's that it's that grit and determination what some people lack and bottle mm. it sometimes. Mm. Yeah, well, I don't think you can teach that. I think that's the one thing. Heart, you can teach someone beautiful technique and they can learn, but heart, if you, I think it's one of the things you have it or you don't. 100% like you see time after time all these Instagrammers where they're absolutely class on pads yeah but then shit the pants when they get in the ring yeah and they get hit 100% yeah yeah that's it okay so let's uh, move on to your your move to bad company then so bad company worldwide um, UK aside is one of the biggest gyms um, and one of the biggest well-known gyms and you've got loads of top top fighters at the gym so Watson Harrison, Housen, how does it feel to train alongside some such good people? And how has that sort of brought your career along? See, now, obviously, I just think of it as like, 
that's just how it is. But yeah. when I first walked in, I was like proper starstruck or a bit like, you know. And then they, like, they flew me straight in with fighters, which were a bit like taken to a bit, I thought, you know. Um, I remember my first session, I was training with a kid called George Bebe. Mm-hmm. But like back back then, like he was, was just a good, he was a good national prospect. He was fighting air class and stuff. He had some good, good, good fights, um, like stuff people like Luke Emerson and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I remember like they just taught me so much. Like I didn't realize how like I won't lie. Like when I was a kid, because I had such a good junior career. I got like a little bit cocky, and I used to just be. I used to be one of them who used to do like. Leg, leg kick after leg kick after leg kick, but I used to hop on both legs and stuff like that. You know, doing them like little smart yeah. arty moves. As in, when it got to adults and it were a bit like, I did that like that, and one of them just push kicked me straight away and put me straight out of my ass. I was a bit like, oh, fucking hell. So it was one of them. Um, but from there, I think I learned more and more just by taking them knocks. As in, like, so obviously. I'm 22 now. I've I've had it for absolutely how long, and now we're like spar- sparring sessions at Bagco. They're hard. Yeah. So we've kind of got to understand that work with each other, so we can get through it. So I've definitely picked up a lot of a lot of tricks. Not even not even just offensively, but de- defense as well. Like Liam's like, well, look at his website alone. He's a founder yeah. of knowledge, and he just teaches us so much. Yeah. Uh, Bro, that's quality because. All the stuff that all the years they've spent uh, mastering their craft, you can you can then take, and it sort of saves you a bit of time. You can just take it straight away from them, and you you've got that at your fingertips at the gym. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. So, what does the the training schedule look like at your at your gym on a, on a day to day basis? Well, Monday to Friday we always train mornings, so we'll train every morning apart from Fridays. But Monday to Friday we'll train morning pads with Richard. Then Tuesdays and Thursdays usually I do. I'll do my strength conditioning midday. Yeah. And then at night we'll either do pads and spa or we'll just spa. It just it just depends on how we're feeling. And mm-hmm. if we need to take a night off, we'll take a night off. And then we'll only train once on a weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we'll all, we'll all run as well. Like we'll run every day anyway. Especially yeah. coming up for a fight. As in now, I'm a bit of a fat boy, so I've been running. <laughs> So you, you train hard pretty much all year round then? Yeah, when, especially when we've got fights coming up. Because like, usually we're fighting like four or five times a, week, a year. So we need to be like pretty active anyway. Yeah. I'm one of them who lets me frigging work blown after. But yeah, we're, work, we're working on that. <laughs> okay, so let's touch um, let's touch a bit on, on some of your specific fights. So you've got some, some top names on your record already. Um, so you've got Amari Dietrich. Chris Shaw, Yusuf Bougainer, Niall Brown, Brad Stanton, Ricky Sewell and Jake Purdy. Which would you say of these fights was the first sort of big name that you that you took on and, and you overcome? Uh, I'd probably say Sewell, you know. Funny one, but right, that was like, it were only him, sure, on the HGH one. Yeah. Um, that was kind of like my first like proper like respectable name as such. Obviously, yeah. Sewell's already... He, he was already pretty well known. He fought Rajdan and stuff like that. He fought likes of like Stanton and whatever. And then it, they started betting on it, and I think it ended up going to about eight grand. This bet. I think I remember this on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. There's a picture of me with all money in my mouth after. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, 
But yeah, all the lads were betting on it. And at first, I were a bit like, shit my pants. I thought, fucking hell, there's a lot rising on this. I thought, if I lose this, I am fucked. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, ended up coming to weighing. He ended up weighing over. Yeah. And we thought, yeah, we'll be sound here. Like, ended up taking more money off him for because he didn't make weight. Yeah. And then it came fight there. And he came out like all dancing and stuff like that. And I thought, fucking hell, he's confident. Yeah. And you know what? It just got my nerves going a little bit. And I thought, fucking hell. And then I just battered him for five rounds. <laughs> and all that happened, I say that I did batter him for five rounds. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I was, to be fair, I was, I was only eight, 17, 18. And I'd still say that, like, that was one of my most, my, my best sort of performances to date. Like, I just, you know what, them them fights where you just feel untouchable, like, yeah. it was like, it was throwing shots at me and I was just making a miss at, like, ease, it was weird. But, felt really comfortable in there. Yeah, yeah, felt really comfortable. Yeah, I think, I remember watching that fight, actually, it was a good scrap. Yeah, you, you did play him for five rounds. Okay, so, next one, um, I want to touch on your fight with, um, Yusuf. So, you, you took a big fight, obviously, Yusuf, one of the, the biggest names in, in the sport and still is now. How old was you when you took this fight? So I'd just gone 21. I'd missed, I actually missed my 21st birthday. Yeah, so really so young. Just gone 21, yeah. What was the thought process taking on such a big name, so so young? You know what, I just saw it as an opportunity. I remember when, it, when we got offered it, like me, uh, me, funnily enough, me and Liam were in pub, and Richard text Liam. Saying like, oh, Joe's been offered this, what do you reckon? Yeah. I think he was texting Liam to think what he thought first. And like, Liam said, look, mate, you can do it. It's one of them. It's You can beat him. But it's one of them sort of fights where it'll just rock it in him if you put in a good performance. Uh, but my like my initial intention were, I'm going that beat him. So I ended up, I think next day, I ended up sorting out my sponsors. I ended up booking a flight to Thailand. Yeah. Went out to Thailand because I had Chris Shaw uh, a month before, just over a month before, maybe five weeks before. Mm. Um, so I ended up flying to Thailand and did like a longer camp. So I ended up fighting Shaw, beat Shaw, came out and skated all back in gym Monday. And I just trained right through it. To be fair, it was probably my best training camp I've ever had. It yeah. was long, don't get me wrong, it was long, but I've never been in as good shape in my life. Like, tr smashed in Thailand, I was out at Yokkao Gym, um, so big up Spencer if you're watching, he, he looked after me. Yeah. Um, but I was training in Thailand with Petch Moncon, he was absolutely beast in me. And then, for sure, beat him pretty comfortably. Like, we worked a bit of a game plan for sure, because we knew we were cutting so much weight. We just wanted to type, like slow him down, slow him down and just chip away at him and just keep chipping away at his body. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I'd come round five, he was knackered. That worked. And then went into Yusuf fight and I felt absolutely lightning. Um, and to be honest, when I was fighting it, I thought, I felt like I was winning. I think yeah. the majority of people thought we were winning as well. One first. Second, he probably caught me. It was a little bit even. Third, I probably nicked. And then, Fourth, it just it, I think that's ex experience, you know, where you just changed the gear a little bit. And yeah, I just yeah. thought it was one of them I couldn't recover. So it was yeah. one of them referee had to step in. But that yeah. the experience of it and I learned I probably learned that 
more of that fight than any, of any of my fights because it's just that gear change from like going from like one speed to next speed and like it's, it's just helped massively. Yeah. Did you noticeably feel like then in the fight that there was sort of a, a level change that, that he upped it and... Yeah, it, that, that's what I mean. It was just that round four because obviously I got the first the first time I got dropped. But like that was my first time I'd ever been dropped in my career but it was like... Oh, it just happened all of a sudden. It was just like... We'll beat, we were going, we were going. It was, it was fairly fast paced as it were, and then he just all of a sudden stepped up that one bit and he threw, I think he threw six or seven elbows on Trot. And I was like, no. And <laughs> he landed his first one, and like an idiot, I called him on. I went, come on then. <laughs> and next minute, boom, 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 boom. And next minute, I were on deck. But I've watched it back, and referee actually steps in and he kind of like throws referee out of the way and just carries on elbowing me. And then I yeah. went down, and then I got back up again. And then it, it was just a barrage of punches and elbows, and then that's when referee stepped in. Yeah. Uh, but it was just that just that little change of speed, and it was just like, you know what, it just got you on your back foot, and it startled me a little bit. But Yeah. I guess yeah. That's, that's the experience. Like, he's fought pretty much everyone in the stadiums. He's conquered the stadiums. There's not many foreign fighters who can say they've done that. So 100%, this, yeah. This is what I mean. For you to fight him is a big, a big... Um, statement really yeah like it, it was funny reading out his records just before me dad like he's got like 90 odd knockouts that's three times as many fights I've had, as I've had, had. Yeah. I didn't so, even know that you know Jesus yeah he's had like 200 odd fights he's got all titles and he's got Raja Umpina WBC WMC ISKA Omnoy so we just like you know fire yeah but at but, least you got that done so young as well you that's probably made every other opponent now sort of feel like a walk in the park. 100% and there's possibly another chance at him soon. Okay. But we're time. not 100%. We're, we're still in process of that, but yeah. Could yeah. be a tournament going on soon. Oh, nice. Sweet. Okay, so let's touch upon um, some of the more domestic fights then. So how did your fight with Brad Stanton go? Obviously, he's a top name. He was blowing some people apart. Yeah, um, man. A couple of years ago, he's only just fought again recently. Well, yesterday actually. Um, so at the time, oh, did he fight yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did I? I didn't even know he were back. Yeah, he had a fight. Uh, he won, I think. Oh, mad! I didn't even know he were fighting again. Yeah, yeah. Matt, I didn't expect. I just saw it yesterday that he had a fight. Oh, I got him on his what class? This is like retirement sort of fight. So yeah. I got him just as as he was leaving. So after he was still on a good form and that was his last fight. That's it. Just as maybe we expected, but to be honest with you, mate, I got robbed on that. I've watched it back loads of times. I got robbed. Yeah. Well, when was this fight then? Uh, so we're on Keep on Tips Home Show. Oh, again, I was still 18 year old. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was one of them because I was like, a bit of a cash cow at money, but because I was winning fights, so we were betting on it again. John Pop put a little more, it weren't as much as Sewell won, but we were betting on it again. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I thought I won the fight. It, it was weird, like, it come round five, and it were like doing all that dancing and showboating, and I thought, what is he doing? Like, I'm winning this, surely. And anyway, come round, last bell went, I, I, I was certain I'd won. And then I seen John Pop run across the ring with frigging rucksack at frigging money, and I thought, you are joking, man. I looked at our corner and it went, maybe it was like round four, cause it was, it, don't get me wrong, it was very, very close by. It was yeah. tit-tat up there. 
And then round four, I think I probably just relaxed a little bit because I was winning. And he started like dancing and he was just scoring, scoring, scoring. And I was just kind of like letting it go because I thought I'm not getting dragged into this war. And then, yeah, there we go. Nicked it off me. Yeah. How do you feel in um, fighting with like the betting and, and that sort of pressure? Does it, do it help you or do you sort of feel, feel pressure? See, I, fit. I don't know, I kind of thrive off the pressure a bit, but don't get me wrong, when you lose after that, that that's when you think, oh, fuck, I've just lost all my mates' money and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I won't lie, like, I do thrive off that pressure. I think it pushes me a little bit more, especially when like, I'm training and stuff like that, because you don't want to lose your mates' money and you don't want to let them down and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that would, yeah. I think I, I see it as a bit more motivation. Yeah, I suppose leading up to the fight as well, if you know the money's on it, you, you train a bit harder, don't you? 100%, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's, so you, you hit the number one, UK number one, um, a, a year ago, I believe. 19, I think, or so oh, okay. two so, years, maybe. Just after I beat Amari. Yeah, so was it Amari that you fought for, the, for that spot? Well, so... It was Ben Hodge, and then Ben Hodge went inactive, and then it was Purdy. I beat Amara, like, comfortably, and then Amara's next fight was, like, two or three weeks after, and he just walked through Purdy, and yeah. sparked him in one round, I think it was. So, because Amari beat Purdy, Ben Hodge went out inactive, Purdy went number two, but because I'd already beat Amari, I went straight to number one. Oh, I see. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then Amari went up to 76. Um, so that's when, that's why the fight with Purdy kind of got made for Yokel to like solidify that number one spot, which obviously I beat him, but yeah. worst fight ever in history. <laughs> really? No, it's like the most boring fight ever. So I were really ill. And to be yeah. honest, we had not trained properly. Like, we went to Thailand. And we were just partying in Thailand. Um, I come back, I had shitloads of weight to lose. I had something like 12 kilo, 13 kilo to lose in yeah. two weeks or something like that. Like, oh, stupid no. amounts, mate. Um, and I got really ill. Like, really ill. I woke, like, I weighed in and now, I weighed in sound. Um, and then I woke up one day at five, and my eyes were shut and everything. I thought I'd done the reaction to food I'd had. Yeah. And we were like, what is going on here? Um, so I ended up fighting anyway because I thought well, I can't pull out now it's fight day so I ended up fighting I were, I were cruising for the first three rounds and then all of a sudden it just hit me I remember going back to my corner and went Richard I'm fucked <laughs> all right. and he was like were you winning I went no I'm knackered and then round four he just absolutely flogged me all over the place just kept sweeping me yeah and then round five it was just one of them I just, it would well, every time he kicked i'd just kick back just just so we're scoring yeah and yeah. i ended up nick i ended up winning on a split decision and then but it was just like the worst fight ever i was like oh really and then after that like all lads went out celebrating i couldn't even go out i was absolutely honest i was bed bound for about two three weeks i was absolutely just destroyed Fucking um up. yeah and i ended up going to hospital for it and it would cause i'd drain myself that much like 
they only affected my freaking kidneys and stuff like that. Like, absolutely destroyed me. This is so that's why I take my weight a lot more serious now. When I'm like cutting for cutting for fights instead of crash dieting, I just take it a lot more serious now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like he got me on a bad day, and I still beat him. So when they keep calling me out, it's like, man, shut up. <laughs> What's he calling you at now? No, oh, he's called me out ever since. Fucking hell. Boring guy. This is the thing people don't realise about Thai boxing, like the, the weight cuts can be quite damaging on your body. And oh, 100%. If you don't yeah. get it right, you, you can pay the price for it. And obviously, because you've trained, you train for a fight, you've got everyone coming to you, no one ever wants to pull out. 100%, and, yeah, yeah. 100%. You don't want to let that many people down. Like, I sell a lot of tickets as well. And yeah. it was like, come fight there, it was like, can you really pull out on fight there? All your mates are already at the venue. And I'm frigging debating pulling out. I thought it just can't be done. No, you never want to. Right then, what um, during your fight career so far? What would you say the best highlight has been from from your sort of mindset perspective? Um, I probably say, even though I lost, I probably say Yusuf. Yeah. Because like after that fight, I think people saw like, I think that kind of like shot me, shot me up a bit. Yeah. People started to like realise just how good I was. I'm not trying to toot my own trumpet, but like that's when I started like showing like how how good I can be. Yeah, showing uh, that level. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I think I showed that hundred percent. Now at that level, like no one had even taken Yusuf out of two or three rounds. Usually, and I'd pushed him for, mm. for a good good amount of fight. Um, well, it's like that one with Purdy. Yusuf fought Purdy and got battered and stopped in two rounds. Yeah. So, it was one of them, it were it were nice to realise, like, just what level, just to realise what level I'm actually on. Um, and, like, that's when, like, I know, like, friggin' people look at Instagram and stuff like that, like, you see Liam and stuff like that with, like, 400, but just off that fight alone, I think I got, like, three or 4K followers and, like, people from all over the world messaging me. Yeah. Just messaging me about how well that fight was and stuff like that. I still get messages to it now. Uh, it was weird, like just the amount of people watching. So I definitely think that one, but I still say like that Sewell one, because that was kind of like my first proper like test as such against like a respectable fighter. Mm -hmm. and, like, just beating him in that sort of fashion, it was like, that just, it, it was one of them. It just, it just made me feel good and, you know, Realise that I can actually tangle with them sort of like top top fighters. Yeah, for sure. And I bet they winning that winning the money on the home with a home crowd on your home show. Oh, class. Yeah, man. Okay, so moving forward, what's the like um, the long term goal for you? So I know you you recently fought Noah Brown. Is that sort of a fight that you want again to get your spot back, or have you got other plans in place? Yeah, so I think the plan is we're fighting for that again in March. Okay. To be honest, I think that was a bit of a stupid fight for me to take. Because obviously I fought Yusuf, but I got injured. I got badly injured, I ended up slipping a disc in my back, and I, I was out for 11 months. Yeah. Not fought in 11 months. Um, and obviously everyone knows Niall's such an unorthodox fighter. So like, to take Niall as my first one back, it was kind of probably a stupid idea. Mm -hmm. Him being so unorthodox, obviously that. I know people say ring rust and stuff like that, but to be fair, I do think ring rust is a thing. Yeah. Like, 
Definitely, like I just, it was weird. Like first round, it, let's I, I'll hold my hands up. He battered me first round. Then second round, I beat him. I think I beat him pretty comfortably. I just started clinching with him, and I would I would manhandling him really. Mm-hmm. And after, even after the second round, I went back to my corner. And if you watch video, like I'm stressing out in my corner. When really usually in fights, that's why like when I'm I'm at my most comfortable, especially after I've won a round, I'm like. Right, that's when I start settling this way. I'm still just stressing, and then obviously round three coming, I was just walking onto elbows and elbows. Mm-hmm. I'd focused a lot on boxing for that fight, so when elbows were coming, I was trying to dodge out of way and stuff of it, and clearly we're just dodging straight into them. So yeah. it was just one of them, but I think definitely what I need to do is just get another fight in before him, just get my form back and stuff like that, then I'll fight him again in March. Yeah, that'd be good, man. What what would you say you've sort of learned from that fight then from a fighter's perspective? Anything moving forward that you feel like you want to work on or the, uh, an outlook change that you've had on the sport? Yeah, 100 percent not to not to underestimate that ring rust and I probably let's face, I probably underestimated him a little bit as well because I knew like he was dangerous anyway, but to be honest, he I hasn't probably thought fought it. the same level as people you had really. Hundred percent. I just thought we were gonna walk through him. Yeah. I saw his fight with Alex McGregor and he just walked forward and clinched him. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I'd probably say my clinch is a lot better than Alex's as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it were it were one of them. I just thought we were going to walk through him. Not that we're underestimating him as such. Of, I knew it would, I thought it was going to be an easy fight, but I thought it would have beat him pretty comfortably. Um and I didn't think it'd be an awkward fight to take with it being my first one back. I thought I'd be able to just walk through him. Yeah. And then, but clearly, clearly not with Ring Rust played a part. And then, let's face it, he did a job on me. He did an absolute job on me. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a fucking war, man. It did look like a hard fight, to be fair. But I know that he is unorthodox as well. So, to, for, to be fair, for you to take that fight after a year out was a big thing. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah so what, what's your um your long term goal then? So with I know you fight a lot on Yokohama, but with one championship now being a thing, is this is that the ultimate goal, or do you just want to keep ticking over with the Yokohama fights? Yeah. See, I definitely want to get on one. Like, I want them to make a freaking seventy-two and a half one, because yeah. obviously they're going on MMA where it's like this. So they've got the seventy kilo weight, and then this next one's a seventy-seven. Yeah. The 70, I probably won't make hydrated. I'm a bit cautious about the hydration test. I don't know how to freaking do it, so I don't think I'd make 70. Mm. But 72 I make comfortably, as in 77, that's when it's like, is it Nicky and stuff? Like Nicky and that's all the yeah, 70. Yeah, he's the big right, guy. Right? You know what I mean? They're big boys, them, and yeah. they'll be cutting more than me because they'll, they'll still be cutting, even though they're at 77, they'll still be cutting. Mm. But it's like, that is a big, big jump. Obviously, Thai boxing over here, it's like, I've got 72, 75, then 77. Yeah. So to, to be jumping straight up to 77, it's a lot of freaking hell. So hopefully that's when they'll start making more weight divisions. and then... I think they should do that, man, because them categories are too big. Well, 100%. 100%. Even going from 60, what, 65 to 70, is like five kilos. When people are cutting weight, that's a lot of weight, man. That's a stone. Nearly 100%. a stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a difference yeah. in the ring. 100%. So I hope. I hope they get the the work category sorted. Like I say, I'm, obviously I'm still only 22, so obviously I'll probably I might put on a bit of size anyway. But mm. it's it's one of them. I hope 
the maker category and I can jump straight in. But if not, maybe when I, when I grow a little bit, that's when I'll get get to 77 category. Yeah, that would be quality to see on there. Right, so what's um, your favourite part? These are just questions now people have asked me. Favourite part of Thai boxing? The, the reason for you to do it deep down? Uh, you know what? I like the lifestyle. I like just like traveling about, meeting mates, fighting all over the world. Just like I like sightseeing. I definitely like going around the world. I think that's my favorite. Like, and let's face it, it's not a proper job, is it? I know people say that, <laughs> like, like, man, we don't do a proper job. Like, oh, even even PTing, like PTs are a proper job. Like, I hope I do pads anyway for free. So to get paid for PTing and stuff like that, it's class. It is class, mate. You don't yeah, get anything like it, do you? So it's it's you know it's easy. I can't I can't say we've got an half life like it, it's easy for us really. So yeah. that and just flying about and meeting loads of mates. Like I've got mates all over the world now because of it. So to be able to do that and get paid for it, it's class. Yeah, definitely. The networking barbie is amazing. Yeah, definitely. Right. Next up, where do you see yourself in five years time? Uh, I'd probably say top five. In world um like i say i'm still developing as a fighter um and that's when i'll start fighting more top names yusuf obviously i think sammy sanders used to be at 72 and a half as well i don't know if he's come back yeah. that at 70 but he was he was at 72 and a half he's a big boy for 70 that's what i mean yeah that, them sort of top fighters i want to i want to be fight mixing with them names i've already shared a can mix with it so yes. i want to be fighting more of them them names are just you know, just fighting regular being when people are talking about good fighters, I want my name to be like mentioned in there. Mm -hmm. I don't get wrong, UK I probably get that a little bit now, but I want that all over the world. I look at Liam. He's getting he gets mentioned twenty four seven as oh, he's my favourite fighter, he's my favourite fighter, one of the best fighters ever, body body but I want I want that, you know what I mean? Yeah, build a legacy. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, next one. Who's your personal favourite fighter slash inspiration? I shouldn't say this, but even though he beat Liam, I'd probably say Fabio. Yeah, man. Come man the kid is so slick. Yeah. Like that one when he, when he won that Raja title. He flew to Thailand like, two days before the fight. Mm. Didn't even climatise. No, no. Weird in, spot on, four, and he's... Let's face it, didn't really break a sweat. The day's hair looked perfect all the way through it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I don't get about him. Is every fight, his hair looks perfect all the way through it. He's <laughs> good looking, and it, it, you know what I mean? He's slick as you like. Doesn't but, it look like he ever gets phased by a fight, man? That's what I mean, man. It's just like that coolness. Like He's just so cool. Like His corner team, his corner team don't even shout and stuff like that. They'll just go to the corner and just, it's like they're having a chat in corner. Yeah. I just like that, you know, like that's a sort of cool, calm and collected sort of approach to it. Yeah, definitely yeah. like a bad man, really. Okay, then. Right, um, that's pretty much everything I have planned for you, bro. Do you yeah, want to just quickly plug your social media or any pages or places you want people to sort of follow or look for, anything you have going on? Yeah, so Facebook, what's it called? Facebook's my Joe Craven Muay Thai Fighter or Joe Craven Thai Fighter or something like that. Yeah. Obviously, there's Joe underscore Craven. Uh, I just want to say thanks to my sponsors. So there's Jeff Shepard and Yorkshire Mafia, uh, Jim King, Natural Remedies. Can I going forever here? Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, uh, yeah, I've, got, I've got a good one here. 
uh, clean eats kitchen. Um, who else is that? Muscle gun. I don't want to miss anyone off. Rebel gum shields. I think that's all. I could be wrong, but I think that's all. Oh, Jim King. Jim King as well. Yeah, Parker and all boys at Jim King. You can't forget them, mate. Yeah, I can't, I can't forget Jim King. Sweet then, bro. I appreciate you coming on for that. Legend. Cheers, bro. Nice one, mate. Take nice. it easy. Cool. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one this week. Again, thanks for the support that I'm having at the moment. If you are enjoying the podcast, leave a review. And also, please share it on your Instagram stories. That's how we organically grow this podcast and um, get this seen by as many people as possible. But for now, I'll see you next week. <laughs>